0: hello and welcome to hip and handy my name's scott henderson and i'm going to pull together a number of podcasts which are hopefully going to document my progress through a hip replacement or a hip resurfacing operation uh, i'm currently pre-op i'm seeing a consultant and these podcasts will take us through that process through the operation process and through the recuperation and hopefully onto to total recovery and i hope that people in a similar position to me find these useful interesting and occasionally entertaining so Hobble over to the kitchen, get yourself a cup of tea or coffee and some ibuprofen and listen to the podcast. So as I said in uh, the main introduction there, uh, my name is Scott Henderson, I'm uh, I'm 49, I'm 50 in October of this year, Uh, I'm married with four kids and I live in uh, West Yorkshire in the UK. Um, So from a qualification perspective, I I basically have no qualifications for, for doing these podcasts other than I'm... I'm a sufferer, obviously, of arthritis in my hip. I've got it in both hips, but uh, the main problem that I have, and particularly painful one, is is the right my right hip. Um, it's a hereditary comp- hereditary complaint. Um, my father had that. His father before him, my dad's had his uh, he had his um, hip replaced. Uh, about 25 or so years ago and he's still going strong on these initial original hip which obviously bodes well hopefully for myself Uh, but he had that his hip replaced his brothers had their hips replaced as far as i'm aware and certainly his dad had a had a hip problem uh, when he was when he was still around so i have no qualifications as far as medical is concerned but it's something that uh, uh, from a family perspective and from an individual perspective um, i've obviously got quite a lot of experience on that I think a lot of the the problems that I've suffered with over the over the years and, and they've led to the, the problem where I'm now have been exacerbated by the fact that I've played a lot of sports I've played a lot of football played a lot of cricket and I'm really uh, into cycling and running uh, and I'm still doing that to this day and I'll come back to that a little bit in and how that's been affected by the pain that I'm suffering on these uh, uh, in on these sort of uh, on these runs or spike rides that I'm doing at the moment so these podcasts that What i'm going to try and do with them is 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 so that people who are going through something similar or maybe maybe could be going through something similar in in the future i want to sort of take it through from a patient's perspective to say no this is these are the problems i'm suffering from this is the pitfalls this is the things to look out for this is the pain that I'm suffering this is how well i'm recovering hopefully after the operation and all all stuff like that just just so that people got a a little bit of a term of reference and hopefully people will find it, it useful I'm going to do that really in a number of phases so at the moment I'm I'm in the lead up to the operation so I'm going through the consultation and I've got a consultation later this week uh, and I'll we'll be doing a podcast off the back of how that went and the various questions that I got asked and uh, and obviously the plan hopefully for for the treatment going forward then I'll go on to the, the operation itself, obviously I won't be recording uh, during the operation, or I don't think I will, uh, but certainly how the operation went, uh, how I, you know, the lead up to the, op, the pre-op and also the operation itself and the immediate recovery. And then then we're going to, I'll go through the uh, the full uh, rehabilitation and I'll, I'll do those, reg- they'll be very regular podcasts, almost down to, you know, it could even be as regular as uh, every, o- every other day or so, just so people can... Um, see how I'm getting on and, and see how quickly you can progress and, and how I'm getting through the various physio and recovery. Uh, and hopefully the final. I'll finish off the podcast with uh, me uh, having, um, having recovered completely and got back to to my, uh, to my cycling and running, and hopefully I'll be a lot stronger and a lot fitter and a lot more capable than I was before the operation. Uh, that's the plan at least. So I thought, think it would be useful for me to take you through uh, sort of the history of the complaint that I've got um because some people get this obviously earlier than others and some people like get the only they only suffer from it late in life i, I was a little bit unfortunate as i said it, it, it earlier my my uh, my father he, he was he, he'd suffer with his hip and he, he was in his he was sort of in his mid 50s when he had his replaced so a little bit later than me but it, his came on quite quite rapidly in his 40s in i'd um i've had uh, problems with my hip uh, particularly my right hip since my 20s um, so that's quite early really and I think a little bit of it was it I was obviously aware that, m- that my dad had the issue and and sort of I was more sensitive to the fact that I had potentially could have the same th- thing myself. so I was able to attribute the, any pain in my hit with with a, a early arthritis rather than it be something that was particularly bad at that age um, it, I, w- I mean at that stage I was playing a lot of cricket and a lot of football and generally it didn't impact me too much I, I remember one time I, I, I did twist quite badly playing football and uh and um, the 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 guy with the the bucket and sponge, as we used to have in football matches in those days, we didn't have any proper physios. Just ran on with a bucket of cold water and a sponge, and he ran over to me and said, "Where does it hurt?" And and I said, "Well, unless you've got a scalpel, I don't think you're going to be able to help me because uh, I don't think uh, I don't think a cold sponge uh, will uh, help arthritis. Although it's something I've not I've tr- not tried, so maybe maybe it, maybe it was going to be more helpful than I thought. Um, that through my twenties and then into my thirties, the the hip became progressively less mobile and more painful uh, generally when I was doing sport um, but as I say the, mo- the mobility of the movement that I had in it was restricted which which obviously was quite restricting in various things uh, particularly sport wise um, at that stage I was referred for to co- for my first set of consultancies so this is my mid-thirties so this is probably what, 15 years or so ago um, at that time I was told that you know my hip was particularly Um, particularly bad as far as arthritis is concerned, certainly for the age that I was, and that really I did need a hip replacement at that stage, but quite rightly at the time, that was, uh, I'll use the term refuse, but I was advised, I think more is quite the right phrase, Mm -hmm. not to have that, because obviously um, it would have meant that I would have to go through multiple hip replacements uh, if I was to live to a ripe old age. So. I, I accepted that the time i had no problem at all with that, obviously I knew that the, the diagnosis was was there um, and I knew that at some stage it would come to a point where I wouldn't even hit replacing but at that stage um, I, I wasn't going to go down that route um I, I, I sort of had a very sedentary period of 40s um, in my foot in my early 40s I didn't I gave up my cycling, I didn't do as much running I d- and I wasn't playing cricket and football anymore and uh, uh, that, that was sort of that, that gave me sort of a bit of false hope because not doing as much exercise i didn't have as much problem with my hip because i wasn't stressing it as much um but towards the end of my 40s uh, through some sort of mad life crisis i suppose um i, I got back into my cycling and got back into my running and also started playing cricket again uh, and I, that was very aware that that uh, that that was that the hip was a lot better a lot more um, advanced in arthritis than I'd, than I'd originally uh, really, uh, envisaged and later on I'll talk, so I'll talk through how the, uh, how that's impacted me um, in, in all of those sports. So earlier this year um, I got to the point where it was clear that my the, the, the restriction in movement and but mainly the pain uh, that I was suffering in my hip, I needed to do something about it, being a bloke, uh, I put that off and off and off, and it was only when I was going to the doctor for something completely unrelated that I just added into the conversation at the end of the conversation with the GP. Um, I'm I'm really struggling with my hip. I've had these, you know, I've had this issue for a long period of time. And could you look at it? Um, he did various tests for me from from a sort of movement perspective, and in basically in my right hip, he he uh, he diagnosed and inverted comes that I had no movement whatsoever in that hip, and he said that. Uh, that's it, it really needs to be to be to be looked at that so so i was referred in initially to a consultant in the lead up to that consultation i i i, I thought well okay you're really going to have to concentrate and get yourself get yourself right if you're going to go through the, the full operation here from a fitness perspective so uh, uh, in in parallel to that I, I you know i started to to sort of eat properly and do a lot more exercise than i'd done previously after that sedentary 40s that i talked about so i've lost approaching 15 kilos, I'm now at about 72 kilos um, th- um, since I started with losing weight which was about February of this year uh, and I began running uh, more regularly and I began cycling significantly rev- regularly um, and uh, that led up to having the initial consultation uh, with one of the consultants at, uh, at um, Calderdale Royal which is uh, in Halifax in the UK. I mean they were great and i have nothing but praise for for the nhs and all of this the the, the guy said yeah you looked at that and he said you need a you, your hip is extremely uh, arthritic particularly your right one the left one is showing signs of arthritis but is 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 in his words manageable and i would agree with that um but his, his his um recommendation was whilst i do need a hip replacement and that wasn't come as a surprise given i've been told that sort of 15 years earlier was was that i should wait Uh, Because every year I put off the hip replacement was obviously a year uh, where I'm less likely to have to have a second hip replacement and he obviously told me, informed me of the risk of a second uh, hip replacement and, you know, from an operational perspective, it's it's a lot less straightforward than just the single one. Um, I I accepted that consultation and that recommendation and advice, but but on, on... on sort of reviewing that over the next couple of months or so I, I, and, and also having a conversation with, with my uh, good friend and brother-in-law um, Neil who he, he, he advised me he said well you know what's the good of having a, a good hip when you're no longer active because you know if I if I could put it off for a number of years then you know I could be in my mid-50s by then or even a little bit later but I'm less likely and less inclined to be to be doing any um, active sport at that stage so which, was a, which was a real pivotal moment for me so I I booked back into um, to the consultant to, to see if he could um, if I could revisit that uh, that um, decision that it no recommendation he's made he was he was more than up for that and he'd actually said that in the original consultation he said if any time you want to come back to me and, and have this discussion then feel free to do that and and uh, so i booked back in there and uh, i made the decision to, to obviously sort of lay on thick between, um, between us on this podcast as in to say look because i really wanted this this sorting so i could get the full mobility back from my, from my running and, my, and my cycling and my cricket. Uh, and uh, so I, I told the consultant, I said, you know, you know that I'm, I'm doing a lot of running, I'm doing a lot of cycling and, and I really need this hip to be able to continue to do that and keep my, you know, my standard of life up and quality of life up. Um, didn't quite expect the, the response, but having thought about it, it was an absolutely correct response <laughs> from the consultant where he said, well, if that's the case, then I can't really help you because a traditional hip replacement, um, you'll wear it away in no time doing all that exercise that you've just described to me, Scott. So uh, he, uh, he said that... Effectively, he can't help me, uh, which was a little bit of a shock. It wasn't a disappointment because it was <laughs> it was a correct decision. But what he did do was he referred me to a consultant who does, um, I th- I believe the term, and I will update this in future p- podcasts. But is is a hip resurfacing, uh, and I believe that it involves um, titanium uh, or metal um, parts rather than ceramic and and plastic, uh, and. That's the consultant that I will be seeing later today, hopefully to, for to get an update on, on, uh, on actually having some, uh, some surgical procedures. So that's where I am as far as a consultant's perspective. I'll go on now to s- talk a little bit about, uh, about the symptoms um, that, um, uh, that I'm uh, sort of experiencing to see if people, I mean I'm m- I'd am be delighted if people could comment into to this uh, in some shape or form uh, to, to tell me what their symptoms are but take them on a on a sports perspective um it's really affecting my pedal stroke in cycling. At the top of the pedal stroke on my right on my right leg, every time I I, I literally pedal, so that's 90 times a minute or so there or thereabouts, uh, I get a sharp pain in the sort of groin area, hip area of my of my leg, and it's pretty uncomfortable. It does, and this is why I kept I've kept cycling. It does sort of free up a little bit over the ride, but it's still pretty painful. Standing up isn't so bad; I can get out the saddle and, and cycle normally. But sitting down is 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 Pretty painful, particularly the first few miles, uh, and it's obviously particularly um, sort of going up steep, steep inclines, which are which in West Yorkshire are pretty hard to avoid. So that's how it affects me in my cycling, for um, running. Um, I'm really got into my running. Uh, I've been uh, I've been hooked onto some podcasts by a guy called Coach Jeff out in Australia, which are which are aimed at the, the any types of cyclists. But I'm the more rec- sorry runners. I'm more of a recreational runner, and they're great for me. I just put those in my ears and and uh, and run along uh, to those. And there's some some great advice, and they're, they're really humorous podcasts that uh, that he that, that guy does. So I've really been enjoying me, me running with that podcast being a big part of it. To be honest with you, uh, running is. Fine for about six or so kilometres, or four miles in in old terms, uh, in in, uh, in in the UK, and uh, and on the flat I, I I'm I'm okay, but beyond that I start to really really struggle, and the pain pretty much can sometimes um, restrict me to a walk rather than a jog or a run. Um, the the um, I went out the other day, for example, and I did 13 kilometres, which was silly, really. I was, I was, it was in between dropping off and uh, dropping my son off at uh, Cub Scouts and picking him up, and I had about an hour and a half to do. So I did, I did approaching an hour and a half. Now the first eight or so kilometres, I was fine, and I was on a canal towpath, so it was it was fairly flat. But uh, there was a couple of inclines around eight kilometres, which really, really. Hurt me from a hip perspective, and it's obviously the change of angle and the and the and the having to put a little bit more stress on the hip. And uh, pretty much by the end of the uh, uh, the thirteen kilometres that that I ended up doing, uh, I would I'd I'd completely slowed down to a shuffle rather than I wasn't going to let myself uh, walk, which is stupid and stubborn. I know, but I wasn't going to do that. Um, But uh, so so that's how it affects me from a running perspective. It's quite. It's quite sore on inclines and I say that it does, d- you know, there's no way I could c- sort of commit to do a, a half ballroom for example because I just wouldn't get around that distance without the pain becoming too much. Cricket um, is, a, a, I used to play cricket at a fairly high standard, I still do to a degree. I play for a local club called Tobin Cricket Club which is in the Lancashire League. Uh, we've just won, th- we won the league uh, earlier this week and uh, which was I was part of which was great. Um, restricts me quite a bit so in the field turning and 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 chasing the ball in the, f- in the field um is is quite painful and difficult and and batting there are certain strokes certain shots that i can't play that i used to be able to play quite normally uh, and bowling is a complete no-no uh, as in because you know, i just i simply can't I can't do that at all anymore with my hip i'm hoping that uh, when i go through these operations that, that that's improved so that's how it um so that how it affects me from my sports perspective a more day-to-day perspective and this is probably more important really at the end of the day because sports I love my sport and it's important for people to do the right you know the requisite amount of exercise but um, day-to-day living is a a thing where it is you know this is significantly impacting me now Um, the symptoms are are, are numerous so the the I I get an extreme burning sensation uh, in in the in the joint which is it's very very uncomfortable uh, it, it literally feels Red hot uh, in, in the in the hip, and obviously that's the inflammation. Um, can can sort of sort that out through cocodamol and and ibuprofen to a degree, but pretty much I'm in constant pain with that. Uh, interestingly, on the other side, so the outer side of my hip, the point of the hip that you can feel on on, on the outside of the hip, that also is very very strong. I don't know whether that's re- the pain is very strong there. I don't know whether that's referred pain because uh, I also get pain in my knee and in my foot which is, uh, which is almost certainly referred pain down the leg. Uh, the stiffness is quite extreme, I mean I have no movement at all. Uh, when I stand my left leg my, t- my uh, toes point to midday uh, whereas my toes on my right foot, foot are uh, probably somewhere around quarter past two uh, and that's just due to the fact that, that I can't straighten my leg uh, into a normal position uh, that I used to be able to do that. Um, s- the, probably the, most, the biggest impact of all is, is, is on my sleep. Uh, I, I, most nights I'm woken up 3-4 times a night because uh, obviously you turn over and you lie on your hip or you stretch your leg in some way and because it's stiffened up um, I, I get extremely um, difficult night sleep on, on a lot of occasions. Try and manage that by paracetamol, ibuprofen, and, and codeine but um, I don't want to take codeine too much. Cocodamol it's obviously can be addictive. Uh, and paracetamol doesn't quite cut it anymore. Ibuprofen works, but it's, uh, again, it's not something that I want to take too much of because obviously the impact you can have on, 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 your, on your sort of gastric areas. Other areas that I struggle with, uh, rather comically, sitting and down on the lavatory and standing back up uh, is extremely difficult and painful. Uh, I can't, well I can, but it's extremely painful to, p- painful to put my sh- right shoe and sock on. Uh, and my lovely wife, Julie, um regularly has to do that for me if she's around certainly uh, that, that she'll, she'll do that for me and getting in and out of the car finally is, is is extremely difficult i've got a little bit of a low seat in my car and i, I literally have to fall into the car uh, and it's it's even painful actually shutting the door behind me because i can't actually i haven't got that range of movement to bend over and, and shut the door so all in all a pretty miserable sort of um sight, I am from time to time, whether I'm putting my shoe on, getting in and out of the car, or or uh, or just making my way around the house, and um, and uh, I'm sure my kids and wife are sick of hearing me grunting and groaning with the uh, with the discomfort that I get. It's you know it's not going to kill me. It's not going to uh, you know it doesn't reduce me to to tears or anything along those lines. But it's pretty much constant and it's pretty miserable most of the time. Uh, but uh, hopefully the the operation that I'm just going to go through is uh, is going to sort all that out. Okay, so that's, um, I think that's that'll do for the first cast. Um, in summary, as I said later this week, I've got my consultancy um, and that will be the subject of my next cast. It could be a very short cast, um, if the consultant says that um, he can't help me and I believe there are some people who are not suitable for the metal type of resurfacing or re- replacement, I'm not quite sure, I'll get that terminology right for the next cast. Then he could actually say, well actually I can't help you either, which would be it wouldn't be disappointing because I'm sure it won't be doing it f- just for any other reason other than he can't do it but it, it, it is a little worrying for me because obviously I'm, I'm only 50 and I've got quite a few years to go and if I have to continually go down the route that I am doing at the moment and, and my hip continues to to worsen that wouldn't be um, that wouldn't be great really but hopefully it'll be uh, that won't be the outcome um, hopefully I'll get some sort of commitment to an operation there's there's various uh, timescales that the that the NHS commit to, to, to dealing with uh, operations and hopefully that'll be the case in mind I think the 18 weeks it is for, for operations of this type uh, and um, once I've got all that information I'll say I'll, I'll come back on an, on another podcast and give you give you a full update thank you for listening hopefully it was useful hopefully it was a little bit informative I know a lot of it was history without I thought that was necessary to give you a bit of background so that my, the future cast made you know a little bit of, uh, of sense if you are able to respond, I'll put my um, email address in, in, In find a way of doing that on the, uh, in fact, I can tell you now, it's, uh, it's scooby-slippers underscore at yahoo.co.uk. Maybe I'll tell you why it's that in a future cast. Uh, and uh, hopefully you'll come back to um, subscribe to these casts and uh, come back to listen to them in the future. Many thanks for listening. Hopefully it was useful and I'll speak to you again soon.